Social media has changed the way we interact with each other. That's why it's no surprise that healthcare providers are taking advantage of it as a marketing communications tool. When you Google a healthcare organization, chances are they're active on at least one social platform. From raising awareness about healthy initiatives to giving tips during the flu season and gaining CE credits, companies are leveraging social media to connect with their audiences. In this episode, we're talking social media's influence on healthcare and the CME community. Welcome to Coffee with Graham. I'm your host, Melissa Simmons. This is a new podcast where we'll discuss different topics in healthcare with ACCME President and CEO, Dr. Graham McMahon. In each episode, we'll get a professional perspective on the latest issues in healthcare and find out how CME is shaping the future for clinicians and educators. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Coffee with Graham. Hey, Melissa. Nice to be chatting with you again. So nice to see you. Graham, how active would you say you are on social media? Oh, gosh. As an organization, we're more active than I am personally. But that's not to say that I am not a lurker or a stalker of things going on in social media. And there's a variety of things that I follow that are personal interests of mine and professional interests of mine that tend to aggregate and congregate on a variety of social media feeds. And I think that's interesting because a lot of people are with you on that. Um, According to Forbes, 41% of people admit that the information they get from social media impacts their healthcare decisions. And while that's not an overwhelming amount, it is a good chunk of people. And I think I'm in that category too. But what changes have you seen in the industry since the rise of social media? Well, I think social media has changed the way in which we interact with each other as people, to be honest. And it's also interacting, changing the way physicians, other healthcare professionals interact with their patients in meaningful ways. Um, and it can be for good and it can be for bad or it can be relatively neutral. For good, social media can be a mechanism to enhance the relationship between people, form a relationship based on trust and sustain that relationship over time. And if that's positive and that's supporting the development of a trusting relationship between an institution or a healthcare provider and a patient, well, that's almost certainly a good thing because trust in your treatment plan, in your care team is going to enhance your willingness to abide by the recommendations of that team, be compliant with your treatment uh, and know more about your disease. But the opposite is also true. Social media, as we all know, can be readily corrupted by naysayers, by misinformation, by commercial uh, organizations who are trying to manipulate the vulnerabilities of patients uh, for their own often commercial advantage. So social media has been uh, a win for us as a healthcare community, but it's also been a challenge for us because it's created new obligations on patients in particular to navigate this rather dynamic and challenging issue. Yeah, and I think it's getting back to the reason why it was created in the first place, to build those relationships, like you said, and enhance community. How are healthcare organizations and physicians using it as a communications tool? Well, I think part of it is demonstrating ability to connect with their community's needs by conveying information that's relevant to their community. If there's an issue of a food desert, if there's an issue of a new treatment uh, that an organization wants to provide or promote, these are ways in which you can get the information out there pretty readily to your community. Uh, But similarly, the organizations can create social media that is more private, that's about creating relationships amongst the care team members themselves. So you see clinicians 
going to social media with their peers to solve problems in a private group, for example, or you see institutions engaging with their community in social media closed groups again to understand the dynamics of what's happening to the feelings and the work balance or the issues that their community of practitioners are facing. So many different organizations are using these in different ways most notably by outward-facing information conveyance and relationship management for their communities, but also this internal uh, dialogue that's allowed to occur between clinicians and between clinicians and their employers in many cases. I think they can also use it for to counter misinformation, like if there's a rumor going yeah. around or there's uh, unproven... Treatment approaches or diagnostic techniques or essentially non-scientific methods for that are in the com- in in the community. These types of unproven approaches, um, or maybe more unconventional approaches or traditional medications uh, in the community, can be common and can be harmful to patients. And whether it's a new drug or whether it's refuting promised cures of a herb or remedy, healthcare communities can serve, healthcare professionals can serve their community by giving that outreach and fixing issues of misinformation. Right. And we're also seeing this real-time coverage nowadays. For instance, the World Health Organization, they live-tweeted by-the-minute updates about the coronavirus. And that's just, you know, it speaks to the world we live in nowadays. I mean, what are your thoughts on live-tweeting and by-the-minute updates? Well, the amazing power of social media is to disseminate information extremely rapidly. You look at the way groups of demonstrators, for example, are able to communicate and work with each other to uh, get a message around about how they're going to interact, where they're going to meet, etc. That power of bringing people together using very easily available, often free tools is pretty incredible. If you think about now leveraging that for the well-being of a community or a country or a globe, you see real strengths there and real opportunities to get information out quickly, get people to be informed in a way that's right for them, and help them take action that's appropriate. If you think of the opposite, if imagining there is no more communication tools around, we'd be stuck in the dark ages of waiting for a plague to manifest in our streets before we're actually able to take preventive action. So real power in these tools to be able to inform and protect communities, but they have to be managed well and they have to be managed carefully. Who's there to manage it? Well, there's uh, the million-dollar question. Um, Different governments have a different perspective on what the answer to that question is. And the key challenge right now is that there's a lot of voices out there, and it's very hard for clinicians or the patients or the public to differentiate between who to listen to and who not to. Individual accounts can get hacked. Individual accounts may be misrepresenting an entity that they're purporting to represent, and many of them will have their own agenda. So this is why, going back to this idea of trust, it's so important to understand who you're listening to, who you're paying attention to, and uh, verifying that what you're being told to do, particularly if you're about to take action, is appropriate based on uh, a variety of information sources, not just one. Follow trusted sources. How is social media uh, being used to engage multiple professions? Well, we've always had this challenge in medicine of uh, artificial hierarchies between different types of clinicians or within a profession, different levels of clinicians based on experience. And social media, in many cases, does away with those hierarchies very naturally. And that, in general, promotes 
more open spaces for talking and discussing and sharing ideas and solving problems. If you create a clinical scenario and there's a solution that somebody knows that's out there, it doesn't really matter whether he's a nurse or whether she's a a nutritionist. If the information is accurate and the solution is appropriate, then the advice is uh, very valuable and terrific. So social media can uh, facilitate the participation of multiple different types of clinicians to solve a particular problem, for example, and in doing so, eliminate many of these uh, archetypal hierarchies that uh, have not served our profession well in many cases. What are some tips to help clinicians have an active engagement on their platforms? Well, I think the first question to ask is, what's the purpose of the social media engagement at all? I think most clinicians have potentially three uses for social media. One is for their own information sources. And number two is building relationship with uh, a community or a group of educators that they want to trust. And number three, an outward-facing informational source to patients that they might serve or communities they might uh, be engaged with. So the first question is, what are you trying to achieve? The second is then uh, deciding what persona and what presence and what branding you want to present about yourself through that process so that you can have a consistent voice and a consistent message and then deliver on that promise consistently in that you set a timeline for yourself and you post regularly, uh, you plan a variety of educational or other activities over a period of time and deploy those in a graduated and intentional way. And in doing so, essentially, you develop a social media plan and architecture that allows you to build these relationships and be successful. So make sure you set your intention before, before you put out content. I think that's important because you, you want to decide if you're going to just be a reactor, uh, which can sometimes come across as being shrill and whiny uh, rather than be informational. Uh, But if you're out there deciding you're going to lead and you're going to drive awareness on a particular topic, then that's a very different status and uh, creates a different expectation for you as as a poster in the social media space. I think the second thing to think about uh, from intentional perspectives is, are you using this as a learning platform? Uh, Because there are ways of connecting with social media resources that allow you to learn what's happening, what's new in medicine, in healthcare, in your community. And if that's your purpose, then you may take a much more, rather than a deliberate posting approach, you may take a deliberate scanning approach to keep you aware of what's happening around you. And that can be done through a variety of different social media channels. Now, can CME providers uh, use social to engage learners? Uh, Like, how do learners gain credit through using social? Yeah, social media is certainly being used by a lot of uh, continuing education providers and quite appropriately, too. Um, I think it's used to broadcast the availability of a variety of new educational resources, but it's also used to reinforce the idea of that CE provider as an educational home for the individual clinician who may be scanning or paying attention to that feed. So I think the first purpose is largely information retrieval and dissemination, but also for relationship management. But a second feed or approach that's used much less frequently is using social media as the platform for learning. Uh, So going back to the example we talked about earlier of a closed, uh, let's say, Facebook group, you might imagine inviting clinicians to solve problems together uh, from a professional society or a particular type of educational provider. And if 
clinicians are solving problems or they're sharing information from a journal club, for example, about a journal article and they're sharing insights and what they've learned through that experience, that's a perfectly creditable activity. Uh, You'll remember my mantra that if learning is happening, CME is there. And we want clinicians to be rewarded with the credit they deserve wherever and whenever they are learning. And that can occur on social media, particularly in closed uh, groups, uh, pretty readily. Well, that's great. And I think that's uh, very relative to our changing times. And I think we're going to see more of that in CME as you know we go into the future. We already are. There's obviously several groups that are offering CME credit for engaging in Twitter conversations that can bring together, for example, diverse different types of professions, different types of learners, uh, different uh, levels of expertise on a particular topic. And uh, there's no reason that clinicians can't get credit for those types of activities. We're big on social here at ACCME. Uh, we provide sure. we provide timely information and resources for providers. Uh, the most recent being uh, our open call for comment about the proposed standards. Do you think that it'll help reach our audience? I hope so. I, I routinely say you don't have to like us, but please follow us. <laughs> and as a regulator, engaging with our community uh, through social media is has become our primary mechanism of engaging with the CE community and the broader medical community. Uh, so staying attentive to what we're posting, why we're posting, what we are doing, and, and responding and engaging in that conversation is something that we're hoping to promote. So I think the big takeaways here is that, you know, the internet and social media, it can be an opportunity or a challenge to CME and content validity. And if you're using social media in healthcare, you want to make sure to build relationships, uh, work on collaboration, and set your intentions uh, and make sure to use it as a learning platform. Sounds great, Melissa. I think you got it. Great. Thanks, Graham. If you enjoyed this conversation, we're always looking to extend the discussion on CME. Feel free to reach out with topics you'd like us to cover or let us know how you're addressing these issues in your organization. Thank you for listening and catch us on the next episode of Coffee with Graham.